All right, ready? Ready. Almost started. Then I realized I don't have my timer going. Oh. Oh, I need my timer. Oh, we need the timer. Timer, timer, timer. What are we talking about today? Oh, yeah. Oscars. Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Bat Bat. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, tell a friend. Specifically, check out our, I don't know, I haven't said Gmail in a while, I guess. Send your crazy fan theories there. Yeah, we got one from Mark a while yeah, ago when like we talked ago. about it. It was, it was pretty great. Yeah. We read it verbatim because that's all we know how to do. Yeah, we should, uh. Next time we should, when we get an email, we should like read through it and make make notes of it and mm-hmm. make it more succinct. Yep. Well, I never <laughs> check the email, so like I never know if there's anything in there. Oh yeah, I get notifications when we have emails. Uh, we don't. <laughs> yep. So yeah, do that. Uh, Matt, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I watched three movies this week. I've been sort of trying to prep for Oscars by catching up on some watching, but I'm kind of also not doing a great job of it. Uh huh. Um, I did watch First Reformed. First Reformed? First Reformed. What is that? It's a movie about... Tom Martin Luther? No. Although I appreciate the joke. And Martin Luther does yeah. get name dropped. Really? Yeah. Hell yeah! Yeah, there's a very minor... That's a Lutheran slash history joke for y'all out there. There's a very minor plot point where they talk about Mighty Fortress is our god. Oh. Because it's set in a church. It's just oh, okay. all in a church. It's got uh, Ethan Hawke's the main guy. Um... He's the priest of this little tiny church in upstate New York that is coming up on its 250th anniversary um, and has, like, all of eight people that ever go to services. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got some sort of troubled past that's revealed bit by bit throughout the movie. And um, it's got Amanda Seyfried in it, and she's married to this, um, like, radical environmentalist guy. And it's just sort of these three people and their interactions and how it sort of leads Ethan Hawke's character down into a deeper and deeper cycle of despair. Oh, good. Yeah. It's a really depressing watch, but <laughs> it's a good movie. <laughs> um, it's, I, I think it's really timely. It, uh, not just because of all like the environmentalism stuff, but more so because of its investigation of loneliness and despair and isolation. Mm-hmm which I think is becoming an increasingly important topic in mainstream life. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a hard watch, but I think it's a good one and an important one. It's better than a soft watch. Yep. Soft watch is just going to kind of not really going to tell a good time. I also watched Do the Right Thing. Uh, Come on. (laughs) No. Not even a smirk. Nope. God damn it. Tough Uh, crowd. uh, Yep. All in one of me. (laughs) So I watched Do the Right Thing, um, which was kind of the Spike Lee breakout movie, I guess. Okay. Um, it's from 1989. and uh, it's Good year. Yeah. Very, very good year. I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, we were alive during that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's set in New York in the summer during one of the <clears throat> hottest days of the year um, in a predominantly black neighborhood where um, it's kind of centered around there's an Italian family that owns a pizza shop in this predominantly black neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And it's just a whole bunch of characters that are kind of on this block adjacent to that. Mm -hmm. And sort of the first big chunk of the movie is just, it's almost disjointed. Here's these characters doing a little scene over here, and then we'll jump off to doing these other characters doing a little scene over here. Yeah, It, It feels like 
it feels like a Shakespeare play that someone chopped up into little pieces and then put back into order kind of randomly. Hmm. Um, Is there sex jokes? There's some sex jokes. Okay, good. Because it's not a Shakespeare play unless there's sex jokes. Yeah. Because he does that. Yeah. Because people are like, oh, what a what a classy fucking dude. No. And then he makes a cunt joke. <laughs> yeah. No, he is. <laughs> Shakespeare's a. He's a dirty, dirty man. <laughs> he's, I was going to say down to earth populist, but yeah, dirty, dirty <laughs> man. That works too. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. And this one, it's it's kind of like that. Like it's, it's very human, but it's got kind of this energy and rhythm to it that mm-hmm. keeps it going. Um, and it kind of just gets you invested in there was a thud there was a thud it should not have been a thud should we go investigate the thud i'm gonna i'm gonna go investigate the thud okay we're mm-hmm. at my parents house and they're not here today so there shouldn't be nobody else here we're gonna <laughs> investigate the thud <laughs> yeah we definitely did the classic movie thing where we walked out looked outside it was the wind and then walked back yep there's definitely somebody here yep you're gonna hear us die Holy live on air hopefully whoever kills us remembers to edit yeah, upload, upload this. this upload this yeah. asshole if you're gonna murder us at least do the courtesy of like putting it online yeah that'll get those sweet sweet internet clicks that we've yep. been looking for yep we'll never see them but <laughs> hey i'd rather go down a martyr than Living, <laughs> was it uh, better die a hero than see yourself than live long enough to see yourself become a villain? Except in this case, it's probably live long enough to see yourself become irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> We're already irrelevant. Uh, yeah. Our entire existence are, is irrelevant. Yep. Anyway, uh, do there's you... my earbuds. Just when I thought I was going to get things back on track. Nope. I just put my hands in my pockets and found my earbuds. Nice. So do the right thing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So it's just sort of kind of building momentum this whole time. It's getting you invested in, like, 20 different characters and all of their little micro-level stories. But it's also just kind of building tension because mm-hmm. um, there's a, it's, it's, like, 80s in New York and it's a white family in a black neighborhood. And there's kind of some racial tensions going both directions here. And uh, it all just sort of escalates and ends up exploding over the last 20 minutes or so. Okay. And it's – um. It turns from just sort of energetic, really fun to watch, and just kind of nodding your head with the beat of the movie almost, mm-hmm. to, okay, this escalated real fast. Yeah. But, yeah, it's pretty great. Cool. Um, let's see. I also watched yesterday with Andrew, Apocalypse Now. Yeah, you showed up at my house. Yep. I just walked into your house unannounced. And then I also I wasn't at my house. Myself. I was at work. Yeah, I also did <laughs> announce myself. I said, I'm here, or something. Yeah. Lame. And then Andrew was like, yeah, what's up? And then you guys, like, sucked each other's dicks for about three hours and then watched a movie. Yep. That was a weird thing to say. That was a very weird Your thing to say. Your dad listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, Dan. <laughs> no, we watched Apocalypse Now, which is one of those classic Vietnam War movies that I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have seen it. Uh, it's quite good. Definitely deserves its classic status. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's a perfect movie. 
Uh, it's got some real pacing issues near the end, especially. Yeah. Me and Andrew both pointed this out. Like, it's going along, and it's kind of this great war movie where everything is just vaguely surreal. We, we talked about that with Saving Private Ryan uh-huh. uh, last week, I think, where it really puts you oh, in the moment of how I'm yawning. Like, war, one, one of the terrifying things about war is it's just gratuitous. It's gratuitous, and you're like completely out of your element, and it's something you have never experienced before. Yeah. And so I, I think uh, Apocalypse Now ratchets that up just a little bit, so there's Ooh. just very strange things going on. Like, they're carpet bombing a, a hold up bunch of Vietnamese soldiers and in the meantime there's soldiers surfing in the background as there's explosions going off huh yeah no it's uh, I mean, and so like the first two thirds are all kind of like that but also um so do you know the story of Apocalypse Now nope it's loosely based on Heart of Darkness which is a classic 19th know. century novel by a Polish immigrant Okay. He didn't learn English till his 30s, and yet became one of the best English language writers of all time. Oh. Go Joseph Conrad. Anyway, no, so it's uh, it's got Martin Sheen. I think it's Martin Sheen. as uh, He's a captain in the U.S. Army, mm-hmm. and he is tasked with a secret mission um, by – Harrison Ford is in the room, interestingly. Oh. Uh, as one of the guys tasking him with Not the mission. Not in this room. He's in the – Harrison Ford is also in this room. He is just going to remain completely silent so no one believes it. What's up, Harry? Like I said, completely yeah, silent. silent. If, he, if he said anything, then that'd ruin the suspense. I just saw him open his mouth. Shut the fuck up, Harry. Shut the... I'm using my hands. I'm indicating as if he's... Yeah. Uh, there's a position where he is. Yep. He's right there. Yep. He's not even on a chair. He's just in the middle of the drum kit. Yep. He's just standing. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable for him, actually. Yep. Quite. Shush! He's Don't like say words! 80, he's like an 80-year-old man. We should let him sit down. Nah. All right, I'm killing this bit. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, so he's he's tasked with uh, going deep into um, deep down a river and assassinating a colonel who's gone rogue and basically set himself up as a god among a bunch of villagers just over the Cambodia border. Hmm. Um, the rogue colonel is played by Marlon Brando, who the Godfather himself. Yep. Um, and so it's a lot of the the movie when it's not doing just war movie stuff is Martin Sheen sitting on this boat looking at the file and trying to understand uh, Marlon Brando's character. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot of voiceover and narration almost, but it works because it's building up this character as sort of a mythological force. Mm -hmm. And it's also getting to understand him psychologically as Martin Sheen's character does from a distance and then using... Mysterious right. hooded man watches from a distance. Take a second, second to look awesome. Time to oh, we're done. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but then also, so we're tying. It 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 does a great job of tying Martin Sheen's character's own experience into this backstory for uh, Marlon Brando's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I wouldn't say it falls apart at the end, but it slows way the heck down for like the last half hour, forty five minutes or so. Um, and I think that kind of makes it lose some of the impact it could have had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just gets a little too dense thematically and allegorically. Okay. And so there's just a bit too much going on and it's like, I see some of the bits and pieces, but it didn't really come together for me in the end. Yeah. But it did enough things right, especially through like the first two thirds that it's a great movie. Okay. All right. Cool. That's all I've been up to. All right. Uh, so to make up for the past three weeks of me up to jack shit, 
I'm the one with the note card today. Whoa, he's the one with the note card today. I'm the one with the note card today. <laughs> all right, so I've been up to a lot. So first of all, I finished Demon Knights. Fucking finally. Like, that was a harrowing experience. Yep. Uh, ended actually really well. I was actually, like, really enjoying it in the last two issues. And, like, I kind of wish it continued from there. But it okay. just, you know, didn't because nobody fucking reads Demon Knights. Yep. Uh, what's good about it is that it, like... The, the art is cool, and kind of the interactions between Etrigan and basically everybody else is pretty fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Etrigan's a great character. Uh, playing with that, the the roles between demons and literally Lucifer. Mm-hmm. And, like, like the, the at the very end, Cain, like, the Cain, the original tarot dude, mm-hmm. uh, as a vampire, comes, shows up, and... Like, there's Lucifer being all badass, and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I control everything, I make everything miserable. And Jason Blood goes, yeah, but Kane's coming. And Lucifer's like, fuck, what? No, shit, oh shit, no, you gotta go, no, go back! Cause, so what happens is, uh, Etrigan and Jason Blood swap places in mm-hmm. hell and on, on the earthly plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason, uh, Jason says the words to switch, so Jason kind of... Whoever is on the Earthly plane controls what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason will switch and Etrigan will come out. And Etrigan just loves to fucking fight. So mm-hmm. he'll just like fight and fight and fight. But he needs to recover. So he has to go. The reason he would go back is he needs to go back to hell and recover his energy. Okay. Uh, so Jason was kind of like controlling things. And he was like, yo, fucking Etrigan, come out and I'll stand. I'll be in hell. And he was, like, pissed off at Etrigan. So he's like, I'm going to stay here in hell because I can take the torment because I was just tortured for fucking four years by uh, uh, Vandal Savage because Vandal's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's like, I'll just chill out here. And so he was sitting there in hell, and Lucifer was like, what, you think you can fucking hold anything against me? And so he was like, I mean, Kane's showing up. And Lucifer <laughs> goes, fuck, shit, okay, uh... You need Etrigan to be powerful. Bring him back to recuperate. <laughs> Fucking do it now. And Jason Bud's like, no. And Lucifer's like, no! Nah! Oh, God! <laughs> so it was, like, really fun right at the end to watch a human fuck with Satan himself. Yeah. Uh, so that was really good. What's bad is it's just kind of hard to keep everybody straight, what their powers are. And mm-hmm. you're not really attached to anybody particularly right. for the most part. Um, then I read – I'm going to try to do, like, one good, one bad Trying to keep it short, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read Manhattan Projects. What's good is that it just continues to fucking twist you in in expectations. Mm-hmm. You have no idea really what's going on the entire time. It's, it's just like, mess. hey, look, here's this thing. Uh, now this man's a robot. So fucking yeah. Deal with it. Uh, bad is that kind of takes away from one of the most interesting characters for the most part in volume two. Yeah. Uh, for volume one, it was really fascinating to see how kind of Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer works. Mm-hmm. Uh, the majority of volume two was not about Oppenheimer. Yeah. Uh, so I just kind of was not that in- into it. Mm-hmm. I was definitely into it. If I were to like, just like, you're probably going to keep buying the volumes eventually. Eventually I'll read them. If I have a chance to read him for free, mm-hmm. I'm not going to spend money. I'm not going to build my collection on that yeah. um, until, like, way down the line when I yeah. get to Image Comics. Because I'm a completionist, and I'll fucking do it. Yep. Uh, I read God Country, yeah, which was a lot of fun to read. So, okay, so I read God Country, and I read Witches. Yep. I liked them both a lot, 
for different reasons. Mm -hmm. So God Country is a lot of fun to read. It's this dude that's got Alzheimer's, like, super bad. He's, he's not in a good way. Yeah. And then he just gets this sword that is, like, the most powerful fucking thing ever. Ten-foot magic sword falls out of tornado. Destroys yeah. house. Old man gets it. Yeah. And so the, behind God Country, there's all of this lore of this other pantheon of deities, essentially. Yeah. I kind of view it as, like, it, it's comparable to the Roman and Greek yeah there's like an all-father kind of thing yeah and then there's his sons who are have domains right stuff like that so he gets a sword cures him like immediately Mm -hmm. and he has he's had alzheimer's since before his son got married Mm -hmm. so he almost didn't really even know his son was married Mm -hmm. he vaguely kind of saw a little bit right uh, when it happened but like it was like a really heartwarming thing and then this dude is such a stubborn dude. He's like, fuck you. This is my sword. And then, like, the all-father god was like, I want it back. And he's like, fucking come and get it. Yeah. Like, through the whole series, I was just going, oh, shit. Oh, shit. (laughs) Like, the whole time. I was texting Matt reactions. Just like, he has the sword and the hammer now. This dude is such a badass. (laughs) Yeah. It was so cool to read. It was so much fun to read. Witches, however, wasn't as much fun to read, Mm -hmm. but really interesting and kept me into it the whole time yeah i binged that entire book all the way through um mm-hmm. god country i split into two because i went to bed mm-hmm. but damn that damn that book is tight yeah. which is so tight uh it's it knows what it's doing this mm-hmm. is okay so this is scott snyder right the guy who made the batman who wrote the batman series that like five of the top 10 batman storylines are all scott snyder's yeah this guy and he knew what he wanted, and he was drawing it a lot from – did you read the stuff at the end? Yeah, that stuff is fascinating, yeah. all the backstory stuff. He was, he drew a lot from his own personal experience right. uh, when he was a kid, which is – the best stuff comes from that. Yeah, so he's been percolating this for like 20, 30 yeah. years or something. Yeah, and it's it's so good. It keeps you captivated. I'm not even going to tell you – or like I don't know if you went into what it's about. I'm not going to. I don't think I said much, just because there's witches – just read it it's yeah. just really good yeah uh bad thing about the two of those uh god country it it felt a, like it, they almost they did this intentionally but i feel like i wanted a little bit more about the lore like mm-hmm. the other brothers and stuff like that yeah it it felt like it was just the dad and the two brothers and that's pretty right. much it but yeah. like kind of i feel like they would have been made more powerful i feel like the fight a, a fight towards the end would have been made a lot more like, like impactful that he's doing that this old man is doing this. Mm-hmm. If you knew the extent of this lore, yeah, I could see that. But also, I think a lot of the point is just this is a very small intersection between Earth and something completely otherworldly. Yeah, and so if you get into what's going on with the otherworldly stuff, it ruins that effect. Yeah, I see that. So it'd be a trade off either way. Um. And witches, it it ends intentionally to kind of say to be continued. Like like more more is going to happen after this. Like not mm-hmm. it 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 leaves it on a cliffhanger essentially. Mm-hmm. A little too much so. Like there's there's something to be said for finishing a story. Like like kill or be killed mm-hmm. ends on a huge like fuck moment. Right. But, like, it's a satisfying, mm-hmm. like, that's the end. Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel like it's a satisfying end 
to a point because it feels like I you left enough there that like I'm a, I'm disappointed that I won't get more. I can I can see that like it's a weird spot to stop narratively, but it's yeah. a it's kind of the perfect conclusion to all the arcs that have been building up. Yeah. So I think it's a character decision more than a plot decision there. Okay. Yeah, I just the, like with Killer Be Killed, I'm satisfied with what we have. Yeah. That that the the ending is just like you you second guess everything you read mm-hmm. basically, and like you want more, but you're satisfied with what you have. With witches, I just feel like with basically what the last page was mm-hmm. kind of if if it ended a little differently i would have been satisfied but like the way it kind of you see it running off in the distance and almost literally and you're like wait but now there's more i feel unsatisfied okay. so that's the downside of that however mm-hmm. fucking great book yeah oh my god it's great yeah uh, I read Animal Man, mm-hmm. the first three volumes of Animal Man. Great book. So what's uh, his deal? I don't even know who Animal so Man is. Animal Man is, he can, so he can go into the life web, which is basically, so, you know, Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. He, he can see or feel ev- the thing that controls all animal life. Okay. Um, so he, I don't know his past uh, lore. I'm gonna do more. I'm gonna read more of his past stuff. It's on my list. Okay, so he's uh, the the animal guy to swamp things. Yes, ex- exactly. Okay. So the in the New Fifty Two, they they very focus this where there's the red, the green, and the rot. Mm-hmm. Um, the red is all animal life. The green is uh all plant life, and the rot is all like death and decay. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the book, they explicitly say the rot is not inherently evil. Uh, so what, basically what happens in this, there's this huge crossover with Animal Man and Swamp Thing and mm-hmm. Frankenstein, uh, in, in the New 52 for the first three called Rot World. And basically what happens is you've got Animal Man, who is the avatar of the, uh, you, uh, I believe he assumed he was the avatar of the Red. However, his daughter is actually the avatar of the Red. Okay. Um, the pre- previous avatar of the Red died. <clears throat> Then Swamp Thing in the New 52 is very reluctant to be the Avatar of the Green. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you have this four-year-old Avatar of the Red, a reluctant Avatar of the Green. The Avatar of the Swamp, Arcane, takes this as an opportunity to overstep his boundaries and the balance of the three. Okay. Uh, and that's where that happens. Uh, they talk about how the Green – like there's been two, two or three occasions of the Green uh, trying to take over. Same, way, same with the Red. Mm-hmm. So it's not that the Rot is the one that wants to take over. Everyone, if just the cir- circumstances fit, the Avatar might be a little overambitious and try to take over. Okay. Um, and it's really – it's this really fascinating story of uh, Animal Man was given powers to raise the new Avatar of the Red to be a really powerful Avatar. Okay. So he's got to, like, protect her, and she, like, keeps – it's this four-year-old girl. So there's this impulse of a four-year-old girl mm-hmm. trying to do more, and he's like, fucking no, Stop. I need to protect you. Mm-hmm. It, there's there's so much to it. It's actually really interesting to read. Interesting. Um, and it does a thing. It does a time skip to a year in the future when uh, Swamp Thing and Animal Man fucking disappear, pop back up after like what they feel like is minutes. It's been a year, and the rot completely takes over. Uh-huh. And there's the entire like all all of the DC characters are taken over and like so you he, they have to fight a rotted version of like the Justice League, mm-hmm. a rotted version of uh um Hawk and Dove. Mm-hmm. Like it's really interesting to see all this happen and it's super gory too. Yay. Um 
But no, it's really fascinating. It's really cool to read, and it ends on such a fucking bummer. At oh, the end no. of like the third, like the end of the third page, it once the kind of the crossovers over, it goes back to the like purely Animal Man, and mm-hmm. it ends on such a downer. Oh dear! Like I was just like, oh no! <laughs> um, I am so excited to continue reading it. Um, bad thing of it is, you need some sort of existing knowledge of Animal Man. Mm-hmm. Basically, what I knew is like the lower limit of what you need to know. Okay. Basically, you need to know that he can reach into the life web, get attributes attributes of different animals, and then he can, like, have like the the speed of a like the hot like the the jumping of a rabbit, the flight of a pigeon, the like stuff like that. He gets his eyes powers. of a hawk and the ears of a fox. Don't know what that voice was, but you know what the quotes from. I'm trying to think. Fuck. Ten years. Eyes of a hawk. Say it again. I have the eyes of a hawk and the ears of a fox. How the fuck am I? Wow, you're uh, losing some street cred here. Dude, no, you have no idea. It sounds so fucking familiar. You should. Eyes of a hawk, ears of a fox. God damn it. Am I just going to have to tell you? Yes. (laughs) Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Fuck, eyes of a hawk, ears. Eyes of a hawk, ears of a fox. They have to be... Oh, it's fucking Gimli! Yeah, Gimli and Lorien. Yeah! Oh my god. He, they're in the forest, and he's like, I got the eyes of a hawk and ears of a fox, and then the fucking arrow appears like at his neck, and he's yeah. like, oh! <laughs> god damn it. Wow, that took me a while to get there. <laughs> Whew. Anyway. Anyway. So, yeah, no, uh... So that's the downside is they don't do a really great job of establishing who he is because they they pride the new 52 as a place to step off. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do a great job of that. Um, but no, I fucking highly – I want to lend it to you so you can – because you do yeah. know a lot about Swamp Things. So mm-hmm. you have that, that extra knowledge that yeah. I didn't have with him. Well, I've been meaning to get to the Swamp Thing new 52 at some point. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting that soon. Mm-hmm. Like that's literally next on my list. So okay. once I get that. Uh, but yeah, no, highly recommend that. Uh, I have continued my new Teen Titans binge. Uh, I finally – Got to read the the Judas Contract, yay! Which is where Tara betrays the uh, the um, Teen Titans to Deathstroke. Uh, what's good about it is it's just a really iconic thing, and it's really exciting to read. And also, I didn't know this. I knew Winnie appeared, uh, New Teen Titans number forty four. I didn't know the first appearance of Nightwing was during Judas Contract. Mm-hmm. So the New Teen Titans all gets like kidnapped, and Dick Grayson's like, "Fucking what happened?" Where did everyone go? What is going on? And then uh, Deathstroke's wife and son actually pop up to him. And they're like, hey, so here's the fucking deal. Deathstroke's a maniac. Let's help you. And he's like, all right, I guess. I mean, I gave up Robin six issues ago. Broke a fourth wall there. He didn't actually say it. Um, But uh, so I guess I need something else. And then he talks about, like, where he kind of came up with this idea. Mm -hmm. Um, His costume is based on his parents with the Flying Graysons. The name is based on Kryptonian lore, mm-hmm. uh, where he actually says when he's talking about it that Superman first was the first one to have the name Nightwing, and then he's like, "Say hello to Nightwing." And then for the next few issues, they do the thing they did with Changeling at the very beginning mm-hmm. of the new, new New Teen Titans, where they're like, "It's George Perez and Marv Wolfman trying to like reinforce to the reader that yeah. his name is Nightwing now," because <laughs> people would be like, "Yeah, good job, Robin." He's like, "It's fucking Nightwing." <laughs> didn't say fucking but like just constantly going my name's nightwing now and it's like all right i get it yeah 
so the good of that, bad of it is uh, just for Judas Contract specifically, I really wish that they didn't just basically give everything away from the beginning. Mm. From the moment you meet Tara, it's constantly, she's kind of shifty. She's kind of shifty. And then, like, the third issue issue she's in, you see her talking to Deathstroke. And there's no bouncing around it. So during that whole thing, I really wish it was like a – you kind of get, like, some, like, iffiness from her. Mm -hmm. It's like, that thing she said was a little weird. Why did she say it like that? And, like, why is she asking people these such personal questions all the time? She could just be weirdly nosy. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when everyone gets kidnapped, you see this pillar of rock and Tara's not there. And then, like, the reveal is like, oh, fuck, it was Tara this whole time. So, like. Yeah, but that'd be much too subtle for the 80s. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like, the. I knew going into just into Judas Contract that I already knew Tara was a traitor because of the, the Teen Titans show and the, just, the Judas Contract movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I knew going into it. I didn't know that. So did everyone who was reading this when it was coming out. Everyone knew Tara was a traitor, and it was it kind of bothered me. Yeah, uh, I read. Do- or I have been watching the Doom Patrol show. Mm-hmm. I said I wasn't going to do it. Yep, but I gave in. Yep, it's actually pretty fucking fun. It's it doesn't take itself too. It doesn't ta- not 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 even doesn't take itself too seriously. It doesn't take itself seriously at all, it's... which works to its benefit so well. It helps. Um, so I still don't like the cyborg whole thing uh mm-hmm. they explained his origin like for the third time in the past like year they've had a cyborg origin and it's kind of getting old because they did it in uh the uh young justice outsiders mm-hmm. just now mm-hmm. they did it here and they did it with the justice league movie true like that's three i feel like they're doing something they're good they're building up to something where there's just going to be a giant like cyborg series they're trying to, like, show every opportunity they have to teach people about the origin of yeah, Cyborg. trying to get them to be more of a household name so yeah. they can probably do a Cyborg kind of, movie in a year yeah. or two. So maybe that's happening. But, no, it's so much fun. Alan Tudyk is Mr. Nobody, who basically his whole thing is he makes people go insane, which is great because he's the narrator of the show. <laughs> and there was a point where he was talking to the chief, who was, like, the leader of the Doom Patrol, and he was like, yeah, so this thing is the thing that happens, and, like, he's narrating, and then it, like, cuts to him narrating there at and the spot. Mm-hmm. He's talking, and the chief goes, who are you talking to? <laughs> and he goes, Grant Morrison fans, those Reddit uh, Reddit trolls with DC subscriptions, and the three fans that are three new fans that stuck around after the donkey fart. <laughs> like, just, the Grant Morrison joke is because he wrote the two of, like, the best runs of uh, uh, Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. So it's just this... Just such a it it shatters the fourth wall that it's breaking the fifth wall almost like it it breaks the fourth wall so hard it leaves anal contusions basically <laughs> like it's just it's so fun because it, he's supposed to make people go insane so imagine you're talking to this person and he's like narrating things and like making these weird meta jokes and you're like fucking what's going on like you'll start to kind of go insane. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's fun. It's so much fun to watch. Uh, bad about it is that it, the effects are, I could do better effects. 
on yeah. Microsoft Paint in some things. Yeah. Some of the some like there's a donkey that's like a port uh like a portal to another dimension mm-hmm. and like they have an actual donkey, but whenever the people have to go inside the donkey, it's just sudden it changes to a suddenly horrifically CG donkey. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah, so yeah. it's, it's got some work. Yep. Uh, DC just needs to funnel some more money into their effects. Yeah. But it's fun. It's, fun. it's better it's than good. Titans. Yeah. It's got, it's got two episodes out and it's got two better episodes than Titans does. All right. It's got one better episode because the, the Hawking Dove one. Yeah. So that's what I've been up to. Wow, we're at thirty minutes. Okay, we should blow through our news. Well, there's not a lot of news. Good. Um, we got a Twilight Zone trailer. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that. I watched half of it on mute. It had uh Glenn. Yeah. Glenn's in it. Yeah, yeah. Steve Young. Steve, Steve Yoon. 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 Steve Yoon. So glad he's he's yeah. like, I'm glad he didn't get like stuck. The kind of situation where you are a new character in a big show, mm-hmm. or like a new, new a new actor with a big show, and then you just don't work ever again. Yeah. Like, I'm glad he, he found, especially like a big profile one like Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. something to work in. Yeah. Although it's an anthology thing, so he's only in one probably. Well, still. I mean, yeah. that's enough to start getting your name out there more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's kind of the same way with uh, Black Mirror. Yeah. Black Mirror is an anthology thing, and you got... There's a lot of people that have gotten their names kind of out there from that. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. Yep. Uh, we have a release date for Quiet Place 2. Oh, shit. Yeah. May, Do we know what it's called? May 15th. Quiet Place 2? Uh, 2020. The current title is just Part 2. Okay. Um, and apparently Emily Blunt is officially back. The kids are apparently going to be back. Okay. Not set in stone, but if Emily Blunt's going to be back, the kids are going to be back. Oh, we don't know. He could just fuck everybody and just be like, yeah, between movies, they fucking died. Yep. Because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why uh, not john krasinski's directing again good um is there any like kind of shift in the production of this is there any oversight i studio? not sure i imagine with how well the first one i imagine they had a relatively tight leash on the first one because it's his first yeah. directing effort ever and mm-hmm. so um i imagine they're gonna give him a little more freedom on this one even Oof. i hope it doesn't turn out to be a star wars situation where they had a tight leash Mm-hmm. So there were some things where he like pitched, and they're like, mm, maybe not. Yeah. And then now he is free, and then you get the fucking prequels. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was an out there enough idea, and just listening to John Krasinski talk about it and reading what he's put out about it, mm-hmm. I I think he's got the right creative mind for this. Okay. I think he knew, knew what he was doing. Yeah. Um. So okay. yeah, I'm I'm still reasonably optimistic for that. Oh, I'm definitely excited. Uh huh. Uh, speaking of 2020 release dates, we have a release date for Dune. Dune? Dune. Dune! Still don't know what that is. Stephen Dune. Um, it's a sci-fi classic book, book series really, from the 70s, I want to say. Okay. Um, I read a couple of them when I was definitely too young to appreciate them, so I don't remember a whole lot about it, but I just got the first book, so Dune itself, Mm -hmm. um, so I'm gonna read that at some point between now and November of 2020. Okay. Um, but I'm excited for that because... Isn't there like, a movie out already for it? Yeah, there's a really weird one that came out in the 80s. Okay. Um, no, but I'm super excited for that because, like, every week someone new gets added to the cast that's a really big name that I really like. Yeah. Um, there's, like, Javier Bardem's in it, and uh, Timothy Chalamet's going to play the main guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... I'm, I haven't looked at the list in a long time but just everyone and it's directed by Denis Villeneuve. Idris Elba? Idris? Idris? I don't I don't think so. 
Oh, what a shame. Dude, yeah. imagine if they got him in there. I know, right? They're just like suddenly, hey, look, it's him now. And yep. they're like, fucking... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and I mean, it's directed by Denis Villeneuve, who's one of my favorite living directors. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, if if I read the book again and really like it, then I'm going to be super on board for this. Cool. And as it does, I'm just pretty on board. Um, Black Widow is officially not going to be R-rated, <sighs> which is kind of disappointing. God, just come on, Disney. Yeah. You're so They're so scared of going rated R. Yeah. Oh, well. That'll probably be boring, then. Yeah. I mean, it's probably going to suck anyway. I really don't think Black Widow needs to happen. We've talked about this. I don't know. I mean, I think it could. I, I think they could definitely make a good movie with it. Are they it. doing a prequel? Are they doing like an origin story? Or are they doing like an after what's happened? I don't know. Okay. Don't know. If they do an after what's happened, that's totally fine. Because I like covert, like, her being badass. Don't do an origin story, please. I like our. I like the shadiness and the not knowing. It's like with the Joker. Yeah. Like, it's. Kind of the what's fascinating about her is that she has red in her ledger, and you're like, "Fucking from what? What have you done?" You could do, you could do a prequel that's not a straight origin story though, because she had a long backstory just as a spy. You can just drop her in in the middle of a spy story and be like, "Okay, she's already an established character. We know who this is. We don't have to waste time introducing her or giving her much more of a clear backstory. Maybe yeah. we drop a couple breadcrumbs just to keep the fanboys happy, uh-huh. but just send her off and have her do." Atomic Blonde Part 2 Electric Boogaloo. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Alright. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. Um. Oh, and the Razzies came out. Well, what? The Razzies? Uh, Golden Raspberries? The anti-Oscars? Oh. Yeah. Um. Holmes and Watson won big. Yeah. Worst picture. I fucking and imagine. Worst supporting actor for John C. Riley. Yeah. Uh. Worst ripoff or sequel. Worst director. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's not a good movie, guys. Didn't sound like it. I haven't it. seen it. It just looked dumb. Yeah. It was not not necessary. Yeah. It was just like, it's like the, people look at John C. Riley and Will Ferrell and they're like, comedy duo. What's a movie that has a duo? What's a, what's a story we could do? Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. That's got two people. Let's do a comedy duo. Let's do a, let's do Sherlock Holmes with John C. Riley and Fred and fred will ferrell <laughs> like those styles match up well yeah that was definitely an example of like the studios not knowing what works they know that things work but it's like so like broccoli's pretty good mm-hmm. chocolate's pretty good i'm not gonna fucking put chocolate on broccoli that sounds terrible have you never had chocolate before please tell me you're kidding i'm kidding Good, thank God. I was like, you are a fucking maniac. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think that this is always a movie that was going to be terrible unless yep. it was a very specific vision. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to see Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement as Holmes and Watson. Who's Jermaine Clement? Uh, he's one of the other main vampires from What okay. We Do in the Shadows. Is he the one that's in the show? Uh, I think so. Oh, we also got a trailer for What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, yeah. Looks fun. Looks very much yep. the same as what what it was before which is exactly what's great that's what it needs to be (laughs) um let's see uh oh also in the razzies uh donald trump won worst actor because he's in a couple of documentaries (laughs) um my favorite thing is worst screen combo was donald j trump and his self-perpetuating pettiness oh that is amazing (laughs) uh let's see anything else happened in that uh 50 shades movie one 
worst screenplay. This is the Fifty Shades movie that came out this year. Yeah. God damn it. I think it came out on my birthday. Oh, that's a shame. Last year. Yeah. That's a fucking shame, dude. Yep. It's like, well, I guess I have to go see it. Yeah. <laughs> Put myself through that. Yeah. Can't have a good day on my birthday. Nope. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's all the news I've got. You got Thank anything? God. I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, I should open Excel file so we can actually keep track of. All right, we have roughly twenty minutes to get through the Oscars. All so right, Oscar Wilde, Oscar Isaac, Oscar the Grouch, Oscar, Oscar Oscarson, Oscar Wilde. I already said him. <laughs> Oscar Wilde Jr. <laughs> we know any other Oscars? can't think of any uh oscar from the office yeah <laughs> uh i give up All the right. oscars thanks everyone for listening to our episode Bye. on the oscars <laughs> okay so oscars are coming out actually today if you're listening yeah uh or not coming this, out happening. this evening yeah uh we're actually recording on time today yeah holy shit this is actually gonna be out on time yes hopefully if you edit it yep <laughs> i'll, I'll think about it uh right, so yeah oscars are happening tonight we everything's obviously all the nominations are out so we're gonna do this bullshit thing where we go hey of, the, of these nominations which one's gonna win yep matt's seen most of the movies i've seen like two of them so i'm gonna be bullshitting this entire thing we'll see what happens I've we seen, have i've seen some of the movies let's clarify right, you've seen more than i have yeah so we're gonna matt has some system he's probably gonna create uh yep uh, some I haven't actually decided how I'm going to do the system, but the higher profile awards like Best Picture and the Best Actor ones are going to get more points if we get them right. But yeah, we're just going to go through and we're going to do our picks for the Oscars. And what makes this fun is that Preston has no idea what's going on. Nope! And I have some idea what's going on, but the Oscars are so much of a crapshoot anyway when you're guessing them that it's actually going to be a competition. Yep. So. <laughs> so I'm going to, basically I'm going to approach this by, I'm going to improv why I think every single movie I'm going to guess Mm-hmm. Like, literally improv to the point where, like, I'm going to make up what happens in the movies if I can't think of what happens in the movies. Okay. So and I'm going to not happen. correct you. Yep. So this will be great. This will be All an right. attempt for me to practice my improv skills. Okay. Should we go no. backwards from the bottom or – Yeah, let's, do, let's the do the least important and end on the – All right. So I'm going to – I'm just going to – I'm reading off of the variety list, and so it's the order they have it in. Um, the last one is visual effects. Visual effects. are – uh, Infinity War, Christopher Robin, First Man, Ready Player One, and Solo. All right. So Half we got, which so got Christopher Robin is in the visual effects. Yep. Hmm. I think, oh man, I think First Man is going to win. Okay. I think there's a lot of, a lot to be said about like, uh, it, it kind of like Interstellar where, uh, mm-hmm. when he hits that black hole scene, mm-hmm. like, that the the way it warped was actually really cool and totally fucking believable mm-hmm. and like it seems like they actually like took uh took like pictures of black hole warps and like actually like the just the effects of that was fantastic like yeah. how it actually seemed like all like the tools on the inside of the ship were actually like warping like all the all the machines were actually warping mm-hmm. like physically warping not like affected by right cgi or by yeah by cgi it actually looks like they physically had a way of warping it, mm-hmm. um, which was really cool. And watching, like, the tools uh, age mm-hmm. was actually really cool. So, yeah. All right, and that, that would arguably, in the case of First Man, that would justify the weird black hole 
we have to stop the black hole from destroying the core of the moon subplot that it yeah goes absolutely the yeah hour. it was so i think i think it's gonna be that one okay <laughs> god damn it he's starting off strong uh, all right well i still think this should have been aquaman i by feel like mile. i should have at least had some sort of normal like guess for that because i know what first man is about i know the actual fucking story of neil armstrong yeah. but i just went straight interstellar with it <laughs> i mean no i think i think it's a reasonable pick just as like it's sort of more of a prestige movie here and so it's gonna have like realistic effects mm-hmm. So I think there's a good argument for it. I went with Ready Player One just because I thought it was the most spectacular non-Aquaman movie I've seen this year. Not a good movie, but it's, I mean, it's got Spielberg, so it's got a little name cred with it. I just think that the Ready Player One, it's like uh, nauseating effects. There's just so much all over Mm -hmm. constantly. Like, and that's partially that's like three percent me improving like oh i know exactly what happens in the movie and also i've seen the fucking trailers yeah and clips it's It's just nauseating effects the whole time it really kind of is (laughs) (laughs) so i really i don't think it'll be that um but i think i think first man all right i'll I'll go with ready player one okay i'm not super confident in that all right next one uh next one costume design the nominees are the ballad of buster scruggs black panther the favorite mary poppins returns and mary queen of scots So I kind of want to say Black Panther just because there was a um, – there's actually, like, some pretty fucking cool, yeah. uh, like, tribal costumes. You know, No, now the more I think about that, that I'm, I'm going to go straight up with Black Panther. Okay. All those tribal costumes that they've spent so much time, like, affected, like, like designing based on historical, like, or, uh, like, cultural uh, regions, mm-hmm. like, African culture is so cool yeah. how they did that. Like, watching the – I think I watched a uh, – a video of like them talking about where they drew from each uh each african culture to make these different tribes have mm-hmm. their distinct look mm-hmm. that's really cool to me yeah i'm not even like talking about the fucking black panther costume which was pretty fucking cool i'm yep. talking about just the extras yeah those were so cool yeah and i think that's what's gonna make that one win yeah i think for one thing you took the words right out of my mouth i came, <laughs> I came out of that movie saying if this doesn't win best costume design i'm gonna be mildly upset yes mildly uh, upset you're gonna design. like you're gonna kind of toss your phone on the ground for a second and then pick yeah. it up <laughs> no like and i think this is also one where i don't think the Academy's likely to give black panther best picture mm-hmm and so they're, I think they're more likely to give it some like of these. will be like the hush money kind of thing. Yeah, they're going to give it some of these down ballot awards because it's a sort of a blockbuster type movie that they really respect, but they can't give that much credibility to. Yeah. Like, it's the same situation with Mad Max Fury Road, which got nominated for Best Picture, was never going to win, yeah. but cleaned up on the technical side. Yeah. So I, I think there's a good argument there. I'm also going with Black Panther. Okay. Although, if Black Panther somehow wins Best Picture... I think it'll be the favorite instead. Okay. Because there's a lot of, like, elaborate period piece costumes and stuff. Yeah. And I think if Black Panther wins Best Picture, then there won't be that urge to give it that down ballot support on okay. lower yeah, that's fair. awards. So okay. So I'll, I'll double down on that one. Okay. Uh, makeup and hair. Border, Mary Queen of Scots, and Vice. Uh, make Is it makeup and hair? Makeup and hair. Uh, I think it might be Border. Okay. Um, going off of the, like, having to do the hair for a bunch of, like, people that are, like, wandering along the Mexican-United States border. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
You don't know anything about this. No, story, I, don't. Do you? <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> You're very far off already, and I'm loving it. <laughs> um, like, imagine these these people have been wandering for like four years. Like they say, it's four years that these people have been wandering haven't had a shower. Mm-hmm. They had to make it look like that. Like that. They the just of... they cast a bunch of poor people from <laughs> South America and said, "Here, we'll give you ten thousand dollars in asylum in the U.S. if you don't wash your hair for four years." <laughs> like it's just the amount of effort they put into. Uh, it's you can make people look dirty, yep. But then there was something about this that was just fucking uncanny. Yeah, like I felt the grime on me mm-hmm. watching them like just walk that entire fucking. It's a, being a four-hour movie, like them just walking along the border, mm-hmm. no plot at all. It yeah. was just them walking, but like I just felt the dirt, and it was great. Yeah. God fucking damn it! I think there's a good. Ar- <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a good argument for border on more legitimate considerations, <laughs> shall we say? <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, guys. Uh. I haven't seen these movies. I didn't know border existed. I just heard border. I'm like, fucking, what's that about? Probably the border. No, it's like a modern day Scandinavian fairy tale about this woman <laughs> who can smell emotions. <laughs> I was so wrong. Wow. Uh, no. Um. It looks really interesting. I've actually been looking forward to seeing it at some point. Uh, I think it probably should win, but I think that the Academy also likes its real-life transformations, so I'm going with Vice because they made Christian Bale look like Dick Cheney, and it's kind of creepy. Oh, that's the Dick Cheney one. Yeah, so I'm I'm going with Vice on that one because I know the Academy loves their Mm -hmm. full-body transformations. All right. uh, Best original song, All the Stars from Black Panther. I'll Fight from RBG, The Place Where Lost Things Go from Mary Poppins Returns, Shallow from A Star is Born, and When a Cowboy Trades His Spurs for Wings from The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. What was that last one? When a Cowboy Trades His Spurs for Wings from Ballad of Buster Scruggs. That was a really cool song to watch, uh, like, people flying around. I mean, you're more on point. Than Am I really? Know, so. <laughs> no, I'm. Uh, I'm legitimately gonna go with um, fucking the one from the A Star Is Born. Shallow. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. having, I, I'm not a huge Lady Gaga fan, but I'm aware that she's a phenomenal writer and mm-hmm. singer. And mm-hmm. shockingly, like I didn't know this until like I actually listened to him. So is uh, oh, how am I drawing a blank on his Bradley name? Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Rocket they're, Raccoon. Yeah, they're great singers yeah um i think just the fact that this movie is based on music i think there's probably more of i haven't seen the movie Mm -hmm. i think there's more effort put into making good music for it yeah 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 yeah. definitely i'm gonna say i'm gonna say the star is born yeah i i think every few years or so there comes along a movie that just it, it is around music like you said and it's just got one crowd-pleasing, we're going to put all of our heart and guts into this song because this is the Oscar-winning song. Like, yeah. La La Land had City of Stars, yep. which is just like, that movie came out and we're like, okay, well, that's the Oscar this year. Yeah. And this year, Stars Born came out and Shallow was in it. It's like, okay, that's the Oscar this year. Because yeah. that song is, it's like, it's in the trailer and that trailer was enough to give me chills. Mm-hmm. And the actually seeing it in theaters, it's... Yeah, it's it's a powerful one. So I think I think it's shallow by a mile. Also. Okay. All right. Um, best original score. Uh, okay. Black Klansman, Black Plant, Black Panther. If Beale Street could talk, 
Isle of Dogs, and Mary Poppins Returns. Not Mary Poppins Returns. I really just think the entire movie. This and this isn't even get. This isn't me bullshitting. Mm-hmm. I really think the entire Mary Poppins Returns is just a fan fan service. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm pretty certain the entire soundtrack is just a whole bunch of like diluted versions of the original. Oh, I'm sure. Um. Just from what I heard, it's like mm-hmm. it's uh supercalifragilisticexpialidocious with some water. Adequate califragilisticexpialidocious. Kind of some kind of some califragilisticexpialidocious. Subpar califragilisticexpialidocious. How long is this bit gonna go? It takes. It's done. The. The joke lasted Stop. long enough. It's over because the word was long. Right. <laughs> uh, so it's not going to be that. Um, Black Panther did not stand out to me. Okay. Uh, oh wait, yes it did. <laughs> I was waiting for you to make that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I hesitate to do that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on the same logic as the costume design. Okay. Because there was a like. It, it did a really cool job of attaching the score to the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know if that's something that the rich whiteies will vote for. Yeah. Um, that's not something that they'd be thinking about. I mean, they are going just to aggressive lengths the past few years to seem woke and have their progressive street cred we are awake like great <laughs> awesome cool uh, <laughs> uh so what are you gonna go with instead uh what are the other options black clansman black panther if beale street could talk isle of dogs and mary poppins returns do you want me to read the composers on those yeah you, you wouldn't have heard of any of them mm-hmm. except alexander pla did isle of dogs mm-hmm. i'm gonna go with the if beale street could talk okay just this one. I'm not even gonna try it. It's hard to come up with a bullshit. Like I can't come up with a scene to make up, make make up. Yeah. For a book score, so okay. I'm just gonna like fucking yeah. <laughs> um, hail mary on that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm gonna go with Black Panther because it was the first time I ever came out of an MCU movie actually humming some of the tunes. Yeah. And because I think this is another one where it'll get some down ballot attention because they won't feel comfortable giving a best picture. Hush money. Yeah. In a way. Um. Let's see. Best production design. Black Panther, First Man, The Favorite, Mary Poppins Returns, and Roma. I'm going to go with Roma. Okay. I think from the little bit I know, I think, like, being black and white, you need to you need to put more effort into the physical appearance of your, like, your production, basically. Okay. Um, I think more effort is made to – because you don't have the benefit of color. You right. can't use color comp- uh, comparisons to make certain things pop. So mm-hmm. you need to emphasize more on like what it physically is rather than what its color is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just based on that just like very amateur assumption on how pro- production design works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with that one. All right. I'm not even entirely sure what production design measures, but I'm again going with Black Panther because I'm just – betting on this going all in on this this down ballot stuff yeah um i think again if black panther wins best picture or if this were a year where black panther weren't nominated this would be the favorites award to clean up Mm -hmm. because it's sort of that really immersive period piece that is yeah like just the sort of thing that i'd really like okay so i'll again say if black panther wins best picture or at least does surprisingly well, then I think the favorite would take it. Okay. Um, but yeah, sticking with Black Panther. 
Um, let's see. Best sound mixing. Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, First Man, Roma, and A Star is Born. Mm. I'm going to say, oh, God. I'm going to ask this because I want to actually try to get this one right. Okay. You've seen First Man? No. Fuck. All right. I do have in my notes that it seems like a movie with, quote, a lot of sounds. (laughs) (laughs) So my thought is I can either go with Black Panther because there is a fantastic movie or music. Um and there's a lot of like advanced technology sounds which are kind of hard to sell but I was totally sold on all of them mm-hmm. or I can go with first man because being a movie in space thinking interstellar and gravity there there's a lot of impact from the sound design mm-hmm. so like during takeoff it's fucking loud yeah and I feel like it would do that yeah and then when you're in space it's dead silence and I feel like it would do that and that kind of stuff is what I think would kind of clean up with sound design is okay. putting the audience in the pers- in the position of the people in the in the movie. Okay. Which is very important to a space movie. Okay. Um, mm, I don't know which one I'm going to go with. Mm. If this lands face up, I'm going with Black Panther. God damn it! That was never going to work. Close enough. I think I'm going to go with Black Panther. Okay. <laughs> it... It landed kind of on its side. Like, right. it's not really... <laughs> All right. Uh, full disclosure, 30 seconds ago, I had First Man as mine, but I just changed it to Roma. Okay. Because I remembered that there are a couple of really impactful moments that rely entirely on the sound mixing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the sort of thing that's going to stand out to the Academy. Okay. They're like emotional beats that come just from the sound mixing. Yeah. So I'm going to go with that, although there's a very good argument for both First Man and Black Panther, I think. Cool. Um, best sound editing. Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, First Man, A Quiet Place, and Roma. Quiet Place. Quiet Place. I don't even want to fucking yeah. justify it. It's just it's A Quiet Place. <laughs> yeah. It's the only one it's nominated for, and... <clears throat> That movie is just made by the sound editing. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Best film editing: Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, Green Book, The Favorite, or Vice. I'm gonna go with Black Klansman. Okay. Uh, that scene that it is, you've got the juxtaposition of the like the current races, like today mm-hmm. kind of stuff, versus the 1964 like film or like the, those those two scenes putting those side by side mm-hmm. being identical like just the way that it kind of cut between the two of them was phenomenal like it i mm-hmm. it really like wrapped me in on like how nothing has changed mm-hmm. so <laughs> i was so fucking little about black clans full disclosure i haven't seen it i meant to watch it yesterday and then i just didn't give myself enough time um you're actually more close than you'd think really because i believe it ends with an actual cut to the charlottesville rally from a couple years ago yes. so that was not meant to be a black power thing that was me, <laughs> that was me fist bumping <laughs> fist bumping the sky yes <laughs> well, i'm gonna high five the sky oh <laughs> no um yeah no uh i i think just because of that actual scene and because spike lee he's the guy who did do the right thing and he's just got this energy to him mm-hmm and I, I think this is just going to be his award to walk away with. Okay. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Best foreign language film. Uh, 
Um, we have Capernaum, which is out of Lebanon. Cold War, which is out of Poland. Never Look Away, which is out of Germany. Roma, from Mexico. And Shoplifters, from Japan. I think Shoplifters. Okay. It's uh, the almost baby driver-esque, like, constant, just, like, on the edge of your seat, being, like, chased by police kind of thing, just... All the, all the time. It so, is so exciting, and it's fun, and the music is great. So I haven't seen it, but I'm pretty sure it's one of those slow meditation on life movies oh, I'm where sure. there's just no tension whatsoever. I'm sure. Just a bunch of people being people. Oh, man. Uh, Especially the fireman scene. Well, like, yeah. the, they were like, they were, so they were like, when they were running away from uh, one of the things they shoplifted from, they... They, like, ran into a building, and, like, it caught on fire while they were in it, and it spread really quickly, and they, like, had to, in order to get away, they had to knock out, like, uh, several firemen and, like, get in their suits and mm-hmm. then go out and, like, finish. They actually had to put out the fire first, which was really fascinating how they actually made that go fluently. Mm-hmm. So, it was pretty cool. Have you ever seen a foreign movie in no. your life? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> Uh, ten years, right. dude. Yep, I know. There's like that's even that's even a bigger ten years because if I haven't seen like domestic popular movies, there's yeah. no fucking way I've seen foreign movies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, um, I'm going with Roma on this one because I think it's not going to win Best Picture. Uh, okay. Uh, and so because I feel like it is one that the Academy's like, oh, we really like this, so we'll just give it the best foreign language, and then we don't have to worry about it for yeah. Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Um. Because it's also just a really great movie. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Going with that one. Uh, best live action short film. Detainment. Fauve. Marguerite. Mother. And Skin. I'm going to go with Detainment. What? Det- I'm going to go with Detainment. Oh, Detainment. <laughs> I just heard Tainment. Um, yes. Tainment. Uh, it, uh, it. You've seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right? I'm about halfway through. Okay, so you haven't seen the, the episode I was going to talk about. So there's an episode where it's basically him trying to – he's got this suspect, and he knows that it was him, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have the evidence to do it. And he's trying to get this confession, and it's the, the entire episode takes place in an investigation – in, in an interrogation room. Okay. I feel like that that – it's along the same vein with Attainment, that it's just this entire short film – that is that's just in this cell, mm-hmm. and it's this guy's life, like in the cell, just every. Well, it's not in the cell; it's own. It's in, it's in the prison. You never leave the prison. And it's about this fucking dude, and just the emotion, almost like Locke, where you mm-hmm. get a lot of this story about what happens through his uh, visitation with his wife, right? Um, and it's just super emotional to watch him kind of fall apart from the very beginning where he's like, ah, fuck it. I got this. I'm mm-hmm. in prison. I can do this to the 10 months later where he's just like fucking miserable. Yep. And he regrets everything he ever did. Like the, yeah. So it's a great movie. It's a great short film. It's a it's good guess as any, I, I don't watch short films. I don't care about them. I feel like that's actually not correct. Detained would be, if you're in prison, you're not detained anymore. You're incarcerated. Yep. Detained would be you're getting arrested, like you're being detained yep. by the police. Eh. You subverted your own little rambling. 
fucking whatever. <laughs> I had a pretty good pitch, though. Yeah, no. It'd be a pretty good short film, yeah. like, just to watch this guy, like, watch his growth from the beginning to end just from conversations. Because yep. from Locke, we know that that can make a good movie. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right. Um, I, uh, I went with skin because it's got nice skin. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best documentary short shut. Woo! Try that again. Best documentary short subject. Black Sheep, End Game, Lifeboat, A Night at the Garden, period. End of sentence. Period innocence is one thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with period innocence. It's the just weird kind of uh, approach it takes at talking about the kind of the fin- uh, f- what's the word I'm looking for? Feminine? No, finite, fin- finiteness, finity uh-huh. of life. Like just the, I mean it. So it takes an approach at. Uh, talking about how different cultures approach death and how, like, funerals and, like, people handle bar- bar- burials and how the progression of stuff like that uh, is. And uh, it specifically talks about, like, the Indian, uh, the South Asian Indian, not mm-hmm. Native American, mm-hmm. the Indian approach at how life happens. And it's got this just chilling approach at looking at it from an informational point of view, but making it about how just life ends and just like putting the period in of sentence at the very end of the, uh, at the very end where you're just like fucking what is just like jaw dropping. It's a great documentary. Pretty sure it's about menstruation. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) man, I'm on a roll though. Like these are, these are good bullshits. Yeah. Yeah. proud of these uh i went with lifeboat i i don't know is that all also about death it's a shot in the dark um (laughs) yeah no it's it's definitely about that uh no it's it's about um people fleeing from uh from the syrian crisis across the mediterranean sea and um they're there's like a they're just in a lifeboat trying to survive maybe that's actually what it's about i don't know i don't don't know i'm not gonna bother (laughs) looking it up uh yes, I'm I'm going with lightboat shot lightboat okay. shot in the dark. Uh, best documentary feature, free solo, hail country this morning this evening, minding the gap, of fathers and sons, R B G. And this is a full documentary. Yeah, I'm going go with R B G. Okay, like talking about like digital, like the digital age mm-hmm. and how, like I mean it it's just a RBG, RBG, it talk like red, blue, red, green, blue. Red. Um, it's RBG or RGB? It's RBG. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm already in this hole. I'm going yep. to keep digging. I made this bed. I'm going to fucking this. lay in it. <laughs> so it starts with just like how, uh, like the development of digital through color and like, like screens and stuff. And it goes into the impact of, you know, the digital age on how our culture is developed. Uh, it's really fascinating to, uh, it takes several different perspectives. It kind of takes a, um, like a surrounding thing where it, it goes from one to a center point and then it goes to a different point or it goes to a different uh, angle and then takes that angle and goes to that same center point mm-hmm. and it sees and you see all of these like attempts or ooh I just hit my mic all these different angles at going to a single a single uh, idea 
Okay. And it's really interesting to see it do that. It's basically just like 10 minute segments of like, this is one thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. Here's all these different ways that it, that it's affected in digital age and the modern, modern culture. What's it about? Pretty sure it's about menstruation. Is it what? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's two documentaries about menstruation. <laughs> no, it's about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh. So yeah, it's probably not a terrible guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going with Free Solo though. That's the one about the guy who does a like a massive rock climbing thing with no gear. He just yeah. like, climbs up the side. That's actually that's actually I'm what I'm pretty it is. sure that that's the only one I've actually heard of. Yeah, I've I'd heard of RBG, but I, this is the only one that's actually like getting buzz, and are the only one that I have any interest in seeing. Dude, that is, so. I cannot watch that. I am. <laughs> I, I see these YouTube videos of these people who like climb like the tallest towers and they climb cranes. Yeah, there was one dude who there was a there was two buildings being built next to each other, and they had cranes that uh-huh. were uh, on each one, and they were like close enough that he actually climbed all the way up the building. Went across the crane, jumped onto the other crane, and then went down the other building. And I'm just like, fucking no. no. And I saw this other one where he was like, like, world or toss crane in like Dubai or something. And I, in, on your phone app or like actually on YouTube in general, if you like hover over a uh, a thumbnail, it'll show you kind of some clips of the video. Mm-hmm. And I just saw a guy hanging from the crane. I'm like, nope. What? <laughs> no. God no. So yeah, no no free solo for me. Okay. I almost did free solo when went off of uh, Han Solo being freed from incarceration. Yeah. <laughs> uh Java's least favorite movie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Getting into getting into some of the actual real stuff here. Cool. Uh cinematography. Cold War, The Favorite, Never Look Away, Roma, and A Star is Born. Cinematography. Say those again. Uh, Cold War, The Favorite, Never Look Away, Roma, A Star is Born. I'm going to go with Never Look Away. Um, okay. Being a horror movie uh, where you need to constantly look at, like, the target or it's going to – it's kind of like – it's it takes the classic, like, the – where you're holding a flashlight, they kind of do it in the It trailer, which uh-huh. also, back to news, we got an It trailer. Uh, we did? Mm-hmm. Oh. We got a full trailer for It, too. I have not been paying attention. Yeah. But there's a scene where he's like, and they do this in movies a lot, where you got the flashlight, and you can see it, mm-hmm. and then you, oh no, you, you put the flashlight, and you can't see it. Mm-hmm. And then you take away the flashlight, and it's there, and then like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you, you see it, the moment you make eye contact, you need to stare at it for three hours, but then it'll go away, and uh-huh. leave you alone. And it's terrifying. It takes this, like, trope that horror movies do all the time and puts, like, a brand new spin on it mm-hmm. where it's just three hours of this person staring at this thing and kind of the uh, the mental torture that they go through staring at one point for a long time. And cutting in and out of the uh, field of view, like, the, uh, the point of view of the person where you can actually see how their eyes are starting to, like, warp. Because you're staring at this one point. Like, you ever do that? Where mm-hmm. you're staring at one thing and your eyes kind of, like, s- things start to feel, like, bigger yeah. almost. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts to do that. And it's really fascinating how it does that, how it mimics that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, it's it's really cool how it handles that whole thing for just three hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is actually a three-hour movie. Hey! Three hours and eight minutes. Hey! 
Yeah! That's uh, a long fucking movie. Yep. <laughs> uh, German artist Kurt Barnert has escaped East Germany and now lives in West Germany, but is tormented by his childhood under the Nazis and the GDR regime. So there's Torment. It's three hours long. Two out of 747 attributes of that movie got right. Not too bad. <laughs> Not too bad. Um, let's see. I had the favorite, but then I remembered that the Academy likes it's black and white and Roma's really pretty. Mm. So switched it to Roma. Okay. Because it's a pretty movie to look at, even though it's all black and white. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Best original screenplay. The Favorite, First Reformed, Green Book, Roma, and Vice. I'm going to go with the Green Book. Okay. I have no explanation for it. I just really want Viggo Mortensen to win another Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Viggo Mortensen. Um, all right. It also seems It also seems pretty fucking interesting. Like, I do okay. know vaguely what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I hope it's that one. All right. Um, pretty sure the movie is actual, like, nonsense. The historical story is very different, but... Well, I mean, yeah. So, like, original screenplay. Yeah. So, like... Okay. Um, well, ugh, I, I didn't really like I don't, I don't my explanation you're... on that. Nope. Me neither. Uh, best word, I'm going with The Favorite. Because okay. it's kind of... It's, it's witty and all over the place, and it's got lots of fun satire, and it's also, like, a complex web of intrigue, which... Mm-hmm. It just it hits a lot of a lot of the good buttons, and so gotcha. I think I think that's the sort of thing that's gonna okay gonna do well. Um, let's see, best adapted screenplay. We have The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Klansman, Can You Ever Forgive Me, If Beale Street Could Talk, and A Star Is Born. I'm gonna go with Black Klansman. Okay. Do you have a reason for that? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's easier to do bullshit with technical things because i can talk about specific things but if you're talking about the entire screenplay Mm -hmm. it's harder to bullshit that yeah (laughs) um i'm actually also going with black Klansman. okay Uh, i just seems like one of the ones that could have the most to say out of any of those and i think the academy likes movies that have stuff to say nowadays okay so yeah going with that one uh oh right we've got these uh, best animated short. Okay. You've actually seen one of these. I have. Yeah. Animal Behavior, Bow, Late Afternoon, One Small Step, and Weekends. I don't like Bow, though. No, me neither. It's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Whatever that last one was. Weekends? Weekend. Yeah. You know, being... <sighs> it's so interesting to see an animated short based on an artist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I went with this. I know nothing about the weekend, but like, uh, seeing it, uh, uh, an animated an animation about like his write, songwriting process mm-hmm. was weird but interesting. I really mm-hmm. like those movies that like it. It takes something that you think would be stupid, like mm-hmm. with uh, uh, Detainment, where it was just like, <laughs> oh, it's just a dude in prison. Oh, this is actually really interesting. Yeah. Um, or to be serious, Locke, where it's just like a dude in a car. Yeah. That sounds lame. Whoa, this was great. Yeah, no, so it's, like, it's great because like, you can't do this in, in live action, but the way it visually represents the songwriting process absolutely. with all these little visual cues. Yeah, it's like it almost like uh, kind of how it does with Ratatouille where they use mm-hmm. visual animation to uh, personify taste. Yeah. It does that with like the songwriting process with ideas and mm-hmm. uh things flowing into a ultimately a, a piece of art. Right. And it's really cool. Would so. this be a bad time to mention that it's weekends, not weekend? And his brother. 
<laughs> uh yeah no um i wasn't gonna pick bow and so i also just randomly picked weekends okay <laughs> um okay best animated feature incredibles 2 isle of dogs mirai ralph breaks the internet and spider-man into the spider-verse if it's not spider-man into the spider-verse i will fucking boycott the oscars for the rest of my life were you ever gonna watch the oscars anyway no which is why I can actually stick to this threat like I didn't stick to the Aquaman threat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think there's the best argument for Spider-Verse. I would definitely vote for it if I were voting for it. I think Isle of Dogs also might be a contender because Wes Anderson is more of a highbrow name. And it's more the the artsy-fartsy direction, at least, that the Academy might go for. Yeah. But... Into the Spider-Verse was also just downright revered by critics. Yeah. So I think that's actually, it'll be an interesting race to watch, but I'm yep. also going with Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse has got to be it. All right. Now we're getting into the real stuff. Like yep. the real, real stuff. Mm-hmm. Best director. Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Pavel, Pavlov, Pavelkovsky for Cold War. Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite. Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. And Adam McKay for Vice. I'm going to go with Pavlov, Pavlov, Kafka Pavel. For Cold War. Just because you struggled so hard with that name. <laughs> I mean. The only reason I'm going with it. I want to see. Oh, shit. Hit the mic. Yeah. Uh... Yep. No. <laughs> I got one letter out and I gave up. Yep. Pavlov, Wavlov, Pavlov, Kafka Pavel. Yep. I haven't seen Cold War. Um, I've been trying to, but it has been in theaters until very recently, but only in like the fancy theaters that uh, are too far away for me to drive. Yeah. Um, to want to drive at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. So probably a decent argument. I'm going with Alfonso Cuaron for Roma because for one thing, it's just a really well put together movie. There's a lot of good direction and stuff, mm-hmm. but for another thing, there are no like big or even small name <clears throat> actors. I didn't recognize a single actor or actress in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it got two uh, nominations for acting, one from someone who this is literally her first IMDb credit, and one from someone who's been basically, I think, just like a Spanish TV actress hmm. up to this point. And that speaks to a, just having a, a director. masterful director. That's, that's a really so good point. So I'm, I'm rolling with Roma on this one. All right. Uh, let's see. Best Supporting Actress, uh, Amy Adams, Vice, Marina de Tavira, Roma, Regina King, If Beale Street Could Talk. Emma Stone, the favorite, and Rachel Weiss, the favorite. I'm going with Emma Stone because Emma Stone. Yeah. I like her. Yep. <laughs> it's also a really good performance. Okay, good. <laughs> like, I, this is, again, I would vote for that one. I think that they're going to go with Regina King. Just, I have a hunch that mm-hmm. from If Beale Street Could Talk, that's the one they're going to go with. Um, again, that's like a very African-American-centered movie, and I think the Academy's almost overcompensating for its uh, racism uh, uh, historical underrepresentation of racism. minority groups in the oscars racism so, yeah <laughs> <laughs> gotta call it what it is uh yeah i think i think they're overcompensating for that now <clears throat> and i think that for one thing i've watched the trailer and she's really good in the like 20 seconds she's in the trailer mm-hmm. which is actually a really good sign um because i picked the best supporting actress last year just based on the trailer and nailed it yeah so um she's really good in that and also just has the um 
the woke cred, I guess. Yeah. So I'm, I'm rolling with that one, but I think there's a great argument for Emma Stone. And okay. she's absolutely phenomenal in The Favorite. All right. I, you should watch The Favorite. All right. At some point. Um, best Supporting Actor. Mahershala Ali from Green Book. Adam Driver. He's supporting? Yep. So it's about Vigo's character. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Adam Driver, Black Klansman. Sam Elliott, A Star is Born. Richard E. Grant, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Sam Rockwell, Vice. Man. Almost all of them are characters or actors I know. Yeah. Look at I'm that. Gonna say v- oh, it's not Viggo Mortensen nope. yet. I'm going to say Viggo Mortensen anyway. Because fuck my points. Okay. <laughs> Viggo Mortensen wins. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm going with... I, I, from what I've seen, and honestly, I've only seen one of those four, one of those five movies. Um, all of them could be a contender. I don't think there's a clear favorite. Uh, I'm going to go with Sam Elliott because he's the oldest and this feels like a good spot for a legacy award. If yeah. there's not like a, a, a clear cut, this is the guy. Yeah. Um, I could see Mahershala getting, uh, nominated. Um, I could see Sam Rockwell, but he got nominated twice last year. So, oh yeah. That Academy might be sick of him. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, best actress. Uh, Yalitza Aparicio from Roma, Glenn Close from The Wife, Olivia Coleman from The Favorite, Lady Gaga from A Star Is Born, and Melissa McCarthy from Can You Ever Forgive Me? Not Melissa. Uh. The Academy does love its comedic yeah. actors slash actresses gone serious. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go on her. Okay, just gonna hail Mary on that one. This is just this is a stacked year for Best Actress. Um, because Emily Blunt didn't get nominated, Tony Collette didn't get nominated, Natalie Portman didn't get nominated. Yeah. Just there were a lot of good performances that are just b- being squeezed out. Yeah. Um I think of the ones that I've seen, which I've seen Lady Gaga in A Star is Born, Olivia Coleman in The Favorite and Yalitza Aparicio in Roma, I think of those I'd go with Olivia Coleman. I think her performance kind of made that movie from great to really great it mm-hmm. was that extra step up that gave it more of an emotional core than it would have had otherwise yeah. uh that being said i expect that glenn close is really good in the wife because it seems like the sort of movie where the lead actress gets to do all the acting mm-hmm. and she's been nominated this is her seventh nomination and she's never won so mm. it again feels like maybe that legacy is just going to push her over the top a little yeah. bit so I'm, go- I'm going with glenn close okay uh best actor you're going to nominate Viggo Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen. Um, the other nominees are Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born, Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Gate, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, and Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. Viggo Mortensen. Do you care to elaborate? Um, Viggo Mortensen is a great actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just... I really like him. I think he's legitimately one of my favorite actors. Okay. Like, top two. You know, he might be my number one. It kind of changes per movie, like, as movies come out. But, uh, yeah. I mean, he's consistently top five. Okay. Um, I He's just... Uh, it's also kind of me wanting it to happen because he's also just a genuinely amazing dude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like Viggo Mortensen. All right. So, so, Preston's man crush is clouding his judgment here. Yes. Um... I know that the... No, it's not clouding my judgment. My man crush is <laughs> deciding my judgment. <laughs> it's clarifying your vision. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, all right. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I know that the Academy likes a biopic. They like someone who can really act, 
accurately portray a character. Christian so Bale. in that case, I was leaning Christian Bale, but I just changed it to Rami Malek. Oh, that's true. Actually, because he's also a biopic. He's someone who doesn't have sort of the established background that Christian Bale does. So yeah. I could see them being like, well, yeah, let's give this new kid a chance. Yeah. Um, I hear he's also what makes that movie. So uh, it, I don't know. Feels like a decent guess. I mean, he's not the one that made the movie. It's true. It was. He was just in it. Yeah. Um. All right. And ladies and gentlemen, the final one, best olfactory experience in a cinema. Best olfactory experience in a cinema. Uh, let's see. That time I farted on a kid during Incredibles two. Uh. Yeah. That time I farted on a kid during Jurassic World two. Yeah. Uh. That time I farted on a kid during Infinity War. Okay. Um, that time a kid farted on me during Aquaman. Yeah. And that time I farted on myself watching Roma at home on Netflix. I don't think that was a fart. Probably wasn't. I think that was a... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's best picture. <laughs> uh, the nominees, all eight of them, are Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. I'm going to go with The Favorite. Okay. I'm going based on the logic of... Uh, Shape of Water last time, mm-hmm. where it just won like fucking everything, didn't it? Win Best Picture? Yeah, it won Best Picture yeah. and four or five others. Yeah, I think the fa- just going off the logic that this is the equivalent of Shape of Water, where mm-hmm. it was nominated for like almost every single one. Yeah, it's gonna win this one. Okay, that's a that's a good argument. Um, I really like the favorite. There's a good argument in that direction. I think there's a good argument for Roma, but it feels like one that's going to get pushed down to um, foreign language film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew pointed out to me yesterday when we were kind of talking about this that A Star is Born is very much the safe choice because mm. as much as the Academy wants to stay woke, they love talking about um, pop culture and sort of behind the scenes of the showbiz. Yeah. They just they got a massive heart on for those kinds of movies. Yeah. This so, would give uh, Lady Gaga her EGOT, wouldn't it? No, she doesn't have an Emmy yet. Does she? I don't know. Emmy's TV, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's not in TV She wouldn't yet. have TV. Yeah. Um, but she's been close. Would that count, though? Because I thought it had to be actress for EGOT. Uh, I think just having an Oscar. Okay. I don't know if she gets the Oscar, though, for Best Picture. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I think it's the producers and that's Bradley true. Cooper get to share it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Get to see. Get to pass it around who gets to lick it that week. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a good argument for those three. Um, I think Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody and Vice are kind of just not quite on the same level as those. I think Black Panther, there are a few people that would be tempted, but I think there's more people that wouldn't be willing to make that the first superhero movie to win Best Picture. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a good superhero movie, but to make that one be the first one when it's not something that really broke... it. it It broke from, like, cultural norms and stuff and had a black lead superhero, but it didn't break from, I guess, the superhero norms themselves. It didn't do something new and unique like Dark Knight and just bring the superhero movie to a new level kind of thing, or Logan that's putting a just different spin on the genre. So I can't see him doing Black Panther. So I think the one remaining option that also makes sense would be Black Klansman. Uh, it's a high-profile movie. It's got some legacy cred because Spike Lee has been nominated several times but mm-hmm. has never won. And it's got sort of the woke progressive street cred that 
what I think also helped push it over, especially because the Academy's wanting to look like the good guys by nominating Black Panther. They're not willing to let Black Panther win. Black Klansman's the next best substitute. All right. So, yep, that's my argument for that one. Okay. Okay. We will tally up the points, and we'll talk about it a little bit next, next week. week. Cool. Shall we? We shall. I really hope it's still filming or it's still recording. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for listening to uh, us ramble about our Oscar predictions. Um, for an hour and a half. Yep. Uh, we're going to – if this is posted – I might post this tonight just so people have a little time to listen and – post their own predictions or their thoughts on our predictions before the actual Oscars come out. So if you've got thoughts on those real quick, then let us know. Um, if you, if this, if you're listening to this after the Oscars came out, please comment and make fun of how wrong we were. Um, you can find this podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Podbean. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter where we're at justice losers pod. We're also on Instagram with the same handle at justice losers pod where we are going to be live tweeting the entire Oscars. That's not true. I don't. I'm the one who's tweeting. I'm not fucking doing it. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't care. I'll look the next morning and see what won. Probably. Um. We're also at Gmail. If you want to email in an extended theory about how the Oscars as a concept is a giant conspiracy, um, designed to keep. I don't even know where I was going with that. Uh, keep keep Americans distracted from the fact that there is no moon. Then you can email that to justiceloserspot at gmail.com, and we will gladly read all that on the air. Uh, aside from that, what are we talking about next week? Uh, that's a good fucking question. Let's see. I should know this. Are we doing Image next week? Uh, possibly. We might be doing Image Comics next week. Preston's looking it up because I don't think I have the file downloaded right now. You do have internet. Okay, I'm just going to spitball for a little while. Let's see. So last year at the Oscars, Shape of Water won. What's the most like yeah, Shape of Water in this one? Stars Born, because oh, it's go. got sex. Uh, uh, oh, Carol Danvers. Oh, yeah. And then Image. Okay, so next week we're talking about Carol Danvers a little bit. That's me. I'll be driving that episode. If you've got thoughts about Captain Marvel's many Marvel iterations or anything in that sort of general direction, you can leave those thoughts at any of those places that I mentioned before. Um, yeah, and then in two weeks we'll be talking about Image Comics. So if you got Image Woo! Comics that you want us to get on, we've actually got some time to maybe catch up on those a little bit. So, yeah, let us know at one or many of those places. Um, that's all the things I'm supposed to say. Thanks for yeah. listening. Bye. 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 Bye.